Blog Talk Radio. Presented by Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, it was a beautiful day here in Cleveland, Ohio. How are we doing out in Oakton? I have no idea what the sun looks like anymore, Mike. It's been cloudy and rainy here for the last <laughs> week. Hopefully by Derby Day, things will calm down here. But uh, the weather hasn't been too bad. I mean, it's been upper 50s, lower 60s. But by crying out loud, I wish I knew what the sun looked like. Yeah, I can only imagine. Well, it's a beautiful uh, sunny day here in Cleveland. And, Mike, we got a jam-packed show with uh, a ton of star power tonight, uh, including Jen Bongiorno, who is going to join us momentarily to talk about the Elite Lot Playoff coming up at the new Meadowlands racetrack. Yeah, it should be very interesting. We've got Grand Circuit action all over the place. We're going to have a busy look at the towards the end of the program, maybe about uh, 8 o'clock or so. We're going to take a look at uh, all or most of the uh, Grand Circuit action that's going on across the country. It's a big weekend at Harness Racing, Mike, including our buddy Wiggle It Jiggle. It's going up to fend against uh, – well, he's going up against the the, U, the Can- Canadian Horse of the Year, Uh State Treasurer. That's going to be at Mohawk, so that should be a very, very interesting affair. No eliminations for the Confederate Cup is the reason for that. The Confederate Cup, of course, is next week, but we'll take a look at the action at Mohawk as uh, those two horses square off in what should be a pretty interesting race. Plus, Mike, we've got Michigan's very own Jessica Otten. She's been experimenting with Facebook Live, as so many other people have had over at Northfield Downs in Michigan. She's been giving us behind the uh, Scenes looks at uh, the paddock and some of the horses before and after the races, some winner's circle uh, reactions. Uh, so we'll talk to Jessica about that. Also, one of my favorite announcers, Mike, one of my all-time favorites. And not only was his dad one of my all-time favorites, but he's one of my all-time favorites too. Kurt Becker, the voice of Keeneland, will be joining us live on this program. And he's going to be talking about his roots in harness racing as uh, well as his dad, longtime announcer, at the Illinois State Fairs at DuCoin and uh, Springfield. So we'll talk to Kurt about his uh, harness announcing days. Plus, we'll talk to him about the Derby. We've got to mention the Derby, Mike. It's like the elephant in the room, right? The Kentucky right. Derby coming up on Saturday. Tom Kelly, 
the director of harness operations at Hawthorne, will be joining us. Their meet opens up on Friday. Uh, they just went through another track conversion as they went from harness in the winter to thoroughbreds for about a month and a half, then right back to harness. We'll uh, preview the meet with Tom Kelly. And plus, Mike, we've got a pretty big drawing coming up, uh, maybe about uh, 750 or so. Yeah, our friends at Bet America were gracious enough to let us give away a $109 seat. Uh, it's a handicapping contest coming up on Derby Day, and it's a harness handicapping contest at that. So uh, we're, we're very excited for that. We got about 40 or so entries, and uh, we're really, really uh, we're really excited to uh, pull a name out and uh, get somebody into the contest. Yeah, certainly. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk the Mac Lobel Elite Lop Playoffs at the Meadowlands. We've got Jen Bongiorno going to join us up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Back to post time with Mike and Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and somebody who is not in Cleveland this week is Jen Bongiorno. Jen, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Well, Jen, you guys have a big weekend of racing coming up at the New Meadowlands racetrack, including the Mac LaBelle Elite Lot Playoff. Talk to us a little bit about uh, how this race came about and, uh, you know, about some of the contenders coming up this week. Yeah, we're definitely very excited to have this race going on. I mean, Sam McKee worked endless hours. I mean, so, so hard to get this done, and I, I have to give him so much credit. He, he worked endless amounts of time with Savala and was able to get this done, and it's really exciting for us. It's an international partnership, and uh, it's, we're so excited that one of the, the winner of this race is going to be invited to the Elite Lop over in Sweden. So it's definitely something we're we're very excited about. The purse is going to be $150,000. We had 15 horses nominated and now nine of them actually are in the race. And just to give you like an idea of the field, I mean, they have combined earnings of over $12 million. So it's definitely a who's who uh, list of horses in this race. You know, Jen, before we talk about the race, let's talk about the uh, schedule uh, for racing fans out there a little bit. Uh, they might not be familiar with this upcoming weekend of Meadowlands Racing. Now, there is no racing Friday night, and you guys are going to matinee on Sunday. Is that correct, for Mother's Day? Exactly. So we'll be dark tomorrow. Obviously, we'll be simulcasting the Kentucky Derby Oaks and, and all simulcast action. Saturday is Derby Day, so it'll be a very busy day for us, and 
live racing will be normal time, 7.15 p.m. And then Sunday, we have a special post time of 12.40. We just thought it was going to be great to bring back Mother's Day at the track. I mean, both dining rooms, both Pink and Victory Sports Bar are, are basically, Pink is sold out. And Victory, there's still some room, but barely any. And Trotters is sold out. So it's going to be a great day at the track. It's kind of like a preview of almost like Hamiltonian Day. I mean, I'm expecting a really nice crowd, which will be exciting to see. Now, your first few races, uh, maybe like the first six or seven, I can't remember uh, from the USDA article, but your first few races on Sunday uh, are going to be incorporated into the big wager in Sweden. Is that right? Correct. So the first six races are going to be part of the V64 over there. Um, that's basically a pick six for them over in uh, Sweden. So there are six trotting races, and then the seventh race is going to be another awesome race. It's going to feature Always Be Mickey, and that's going to be a $25,000 featured open handicap pace. And I know Always Be Mickey is definitely a horse that all eyes are on. So we were very excited that Jimmy Taxter wanted to uh, have him at the Meadowlands on Sunday. Now, Jen, let's talk a little bit about the Elite Lap playoff coming up on a Saturday, as you alluded to, or, or excuse me, on Sunday, as you alluded to earlier. Uh, it is a star-studded field, to say the least. You have Be a Magician coming in. Wind of the North, you just qualified at Rosecroft, and of course, you have and Shake It Carry on the outside. How do you think this race is going to set up? You know, we've been discussing it so much in the office. I think that the race can really have like a lot of early on gate speed. And for me, obviously the two most likely contenders uh, to win contenders, I'll say are going to be JL Cruz and be a magician. I mean, I think everyone is, is really looking forward to seeing them face off in this race. Um, I, I picture a lot of horses leaving. I think Shaky Carey is going to blast from the outside. Um, and whether or not she gets to the front is really going to be a question mark. But I, I see J.L. Cruz quarter moving in and cutting the mile. And uh, it's going to be, I think, the magician coming on the outside looking to see if she can beat him in the stretch. But for me, I'm actually going to go with a, a little bit of a, from a gambling standpoint, a, a little price play. And I'm going to go with Resolve in this race. I'm going to look for him to uh, be tighter second start off of the qualifier and Aki has spoken that he might be removing the shoes for this race so I'm always like what he can do with uh, these kind of trotters you know Jen that's the thing when you've got a race of this caliber and you've got so many good horses and you've got horses that are making their their second third fourth start of the year and usually uh, you know, when you're making your second, third, fourth start of the year, that's the time where, you know, you're starting to improve and the form could, the improving form could really play a big factor. So from a gambling point of view, I think that's what you want to look for. But like you say, from a class point of view, I mean, this is just an unbelievable field. You've got J.L. Cruz, who's just been red hot to start the year, last year's older trotter of the year. We talked about uh, being a magician, shake it, carry, you expect to show speed from the outside. Just talked about last year's TBG free for all winner resolve. Who do you think? Think's going to be the favorite in here. Who do you think the fans will send off as the choice? I do think that Be a Magician is going to end up going going off the favorite. I just think she's such a well known name. You know what I mean? Like she's just known so well at the Meadowlands, and she's really looked better than ever. I mean, Nifty's done such an amazing job with this mare, and uh, she has the most uh, lifetime earnings in the race. And uh, I, I think that she just has been really. Uh, 
Dominic coming back. I mean, this is the best she's ever been. In both qualifiers and her first start of the year, she's come home 26 in a piece. I mean, trotters just don't do that week after week, and, and she has. So I'm excited to get to see her her compete against these all these horses. Now, you mentioned Always Be Mickey's going to be going a little bit later in the card. What were your thoughts of his first start of the year, that big close, just missing Rock-Eyed Optimus? Not too bad of a 2016 uh, debut, I don't think. You know what? I'm always a fan of, of people racing horses appropriately off of one qualifier. So I was very happy with Dave Miller's decision to take this horse back and just let him pass horses in the stretch. And, I mean, he couldn't have looked better. He was absolutely vicious and, like, flying on the end, 25-4. and four. I mean, he is a monster, and I think we're going to see a huge year out of him. And, and, again, what a great job Jimmy Taxter has done with this horse. Now, Jen, coming up this weekend also, of course, we cannot forget the run for the Roses. Do you have a derby pick? You know what? That's another thing that's been being discussed <laughs> a bunch in our office. I mean, I, I loved American Pharaoh last year, and, and I don't think Nyquist is, you know, a triple crown horse. Um, we've been throwing around some names. I'm a, I'm a big fan of gray horses, so anything uh, – Anything along those lines, I'm going to root for. So any tappets, I'm going to do a, a tappet uh, trifecta box. I believe there's three of them in the race. All right. Well, Jen, listen, we really appreciate you joining us. And for anybody that'd like to follow you, maybe on Facebook or Twitter uh, or anywhere else on social media, where can they follow you? Yeah, so I'm just Jen Bongiorno on Facebook and Jen Bongiorno on Twitter. So very simple. Uh, keep it simple always. And, uh, yeah, this weekend's going to be great at the Meadowlands, and we have this, it's the kickoff to our championship meet. So we're looking forward to all the great races that are coming and appreciate everyone's support. All right, Jen, we really appreciate you joining us, and uh, good luck this weekend. should be a fun weekend. All right, thank you guys for having me. Have a good weekend. All right, that was Jen Bongiorno. She does uh, a lot of different things at the Meadowlands. You can see her on TV quite a bit. Uh, one of the great handicappers and reporters there. And uh, what a great weekend they've got coming up, Mike. Sunday, it's the very first race, that Elite Law Playoff, with, idea, with uh, Always Be Mickey a little bit later on in the card. It should be a great Sunday afternoon for action on Mother's Day. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to watch Be a Magician and J.L. Cruz take on each other. And, you know, you can never count out Shake It from the outside. So it'll be interesting to see uh, – who wins this race and who is going to Sweden with free ticket uh, to the elite lap? Yeah, so many good horses in that race. When we come back, we'll have Michigan's very own Jessica Otten. We're talking the new fad in harness racing, Mike, Facebook Live. And we'll do so after this on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited.
Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on this edition with Post Time and Mike and Mike. Uh, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. Actually, I'm Mike Bozich. That's Mike Carter on the other side. He's in Stowe, Ohio, enjoying the beautiful weather. I'm here stuck in 50-degree uh, heck for the next uh, three or four days. You know, it's been like this for – it seems like two weeks. As a matter of fact, Darren Zocali said something about this on Facebook, Mike, that this is getting ridiculous. Hopefully by Derby Day uh, this will clear up and you'll send some of that nice weather that – you're having this way, but uh, plenty to come left on this program. Post time with Mike and Mike. We've got uh, Kurt Becker, the voice of Keeneland, will be joining us. Tom Kelly, the director of Harness Racing Operations. We still have to pick a lucky winner for the free entry into the Bet America Harness uh, Contest that uh, they're coming. That's a $10,000 guarantee, by the way, Mike. That's some good stuff. And uh, we'll uh, draw a lucky winner coming up. Plus, we'll take a look at all the Grand Circuit action coming up in harness racing uh, at about the top of the hour. But first, it gives me a great honor. And first of all, Jess Gotten's joining the program. It's great to hear a familiar voice from Michigan. I always get excited when I have somebody from Michigan. We have somebody from Michigan on the program because, you know what, that's where I was. That was my home for 10 years, Hazel Park. And, uh, Jessica, I certainly miss the harness races there. Yeah, we miss racing at Hazel, too. Yeah, now Jessica, now Peter Otten has been a driver trainer in that area for a long, long time. And Jessica, before we get into what we really want to talk to you about, and that's Facebook Live and Michigan Harness Racing a little bit, talk about your family and, and how you got started in the business. Well, my dad was born in it. Um, he's originally from Canada, actually, and he moved over here when he met my mom. Uh, my mom was a teller over at um, Sports Creek, and when they met, he moved over here, and I was just born in it. So ever since I could walk, I've had a pitchfork in my hand and a hoof pick in my hand, so it's in my blood. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things um, about Jessica that a lot of people don't know, especially when we were in the push, and we've been in the push uh, in Michigan. I still refer to us as we, but we've been in the push <laughs> in Michigan for a long, 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 long time to try yes. to get expanded gaming. As a matter of fact, the first year I was there in 2004, it looked like we had it. Uh, Hazel Park built a brand new building, tore down that big gargantuan green grandstand uh, and put up a, a beautiful, nice building, which was going to be expanded gaming, simulcast, restaurants, buffet, the whole nine yards. And in 2004, we had it past the House, past the Senate, all set for Governor Granholm's signature. And uh Something happened where the bill went into committee and the casino's interest there got enough uh, signatures on a ballot. So it had to actually go on a ballot to a vote of the people. And it was called Proposal One. And it was uh, it was just a crazy, crazy thing. And and Michigan Harness Racing really got a a bad end of that deal. But, Jessica, you went, uh, I believe, on numerous occasions. I certainly remember a few, but you went mm-hmm. and you've testified to the Michigan legislature on behalf of uh, Michigan Harness Racing, haven't you? 
Yeah, I did. Um, both ag committees, actually, the Senate and the House, um, when I was only 15, actually, I'm a freshman in high school. I went to the Senate meeting, and then it was postponed. So I went right back. I think it was two days later, testified. They loved my story. So then I went and testified in front of the House of Reps. They loved my story, and the bill passed through both the House and Senate, and, again, the governor vetoed it. But it was a really yeah. good experience. What was what? Well, yeah, that was going to ask you. What was that like? You had to be nervous because I'm telling you, even if if I had to do that in a couple of times, and I was in my 30s and I was nervous, so I'd imagine at 15, 16 years old, you had to be pretty nervous. Yeah, it was pretty nerve wracking at first, um, especially since they postponed the first meeting. So then I went home and changed a bunch of things because they didn't want to sound crazy, I guess. And after I did the first one, it was a breeze. I actually still um, communicate with a lot of the senators and House of Representatives. So it's pretty cool. They're like my friends, I guess, because when I see them out in public, we're on first name basis. So I think it's pretty cool. Jess, let's talk uh, a little bit about what's going on right now. We've seen you on Facebook Live. Uh, you've joined the ranks of uh, Chris Gooden, Amy Holler, uh, Ryan Macedonio. And I got to tell you, I really enjoy some of the stuff you've done because you've given us a behind the scenes look at, you know, what the Outrider does, what a trip to the winter circle mm-hmm. is like. How did this uh, Facebook Live uh, theory get started out at Northville? Well, I've seen a bunch of people doing it, and I wanted to do it, but believe it or not, I was pretty nervous. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So for the first one, I just did, like, part of a race, and then I was going to do a paddock, but I kind of uh, forgot the first part of the paddock because I was running late. So I just kind of jumped in in the paddock and started telling them what I do on a Friday and Saturday night basis because a lot of my friends and family, I guess, but mostly my friends, want me to go hang out on Friday and Saturdays, and I'm always racing. So they're like, why do you always have to go race? So I showed them what I do for a job, and they think it's pretty cool. And people always ask me, so I figured I would give them an inside scoop of what really goes on in my life. Because people think I just brush horses for a living, and I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're very involved in the sport, and you're very involved in the details of the sport. And I'll tell you, for a young person like yourself, it's it's certainly great, and it's certainly good for other young people to see young people like yourself uh, so involved. But but this Facebook Live thing, and and we talked about this before because we had Chris Gooden on a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe three Mm -hmm. weeks ago now, and he was at the Meadows, and he was doing this. And it was so new and so fresh um, because, I mean, you're getting not only so much behind the scenes, because I think a lot of racetracks, not all, but some, uh, you know, have the camera back there and you can see the horses getting ready. But Mm -hmm. what Facebook Live and you guys have managed to do is you guys have managed to bring a human element to the whole thing because you're seeing drivers get ready in their pre-race routines. You're getting, um, you know, trainers uh, and you're looking at these guys, they're setting up the equipment, they're the caretakers with their horses. You're really bringing a human element to what I think is missing in this sport. Is that something that you kind of aim to do, or were you just like, you know what, we're just going to have fun with it? Um, well, I wanted for people to learn about it more than anything else, but I have, you have to have fun with whatever you do. So I figured it would be easy talking about something I love so much. So I wanted to give educate. I want an educational view of it more than anything. So that's where I was kind of going with it. Visiting live with Michigan's Jessica. And Jessica, let's uh... – Let's talk about Michigan harness racing for a minute. Now, I've been out of uh, Michigan for about three or four years, and I know when I left, the climate was, um, I mean, it was, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, it wasn't all that great. 
Um, Northfield Downs stepped up to the plate, and they've decided to run harness racing um, when Hazel Park went with thoroughbreds and the track conversion there. Um, what do you see in terms of the future for Michigan harness racing? I, I know that you know you guys still get a lot of horses there. There is a lot of there are a lot of dedicated horsemen. Uh, you know, like yourself and, and your father and your family that race in Michigan on a consistent basis. Um, what can Michigan racing look forward to going forward? Um, well, we do have a contract with Northfield Race, I think, for the next five years. But we kind of just take it year by year, um, week by week. We have mini series coming up here pretty soon. We also still have a quilt fake season. I think that starts in July at the fairs. But Mainly, we have to thank our horsemen for being so loyal to come back and race at Northville because all winter long, we all have to travel. But when we open back up, we can always see the familiar faces, which is nice. Um, we had some Chicago people here, but now that Hawthorne's open, we're going to lose a few of them. But I think going into the future, we can look for good things, at least I hope anyways. Yeah, and you've done a fantastic job, Jessica. And I know uh, Crystal Sarah, we've had her on this program, and the MHHA doing all they can uh, to keep Michigan Harness Racing afloat. Uh, Jessica, we certainly appreciate you joining us. But one final question I have for you before I let you go, because you are the youth and you are the future of our industry. What do you believe that harness racing needs to do to be viable and to be attractive to people of your generation going forward? Um, well, the social media is really big. I think they need to incorporate, like, things in the outside world into the track to bring people in, like, not just the betting, but giveaway prizes and, like, the starting car rides, and they need to, they just need to focus on what's good for the crowd, and sometimes it's hard to, um like know what that is but I'm actually moved to Hoosier and they do a really really good job of um bringing people in like they're they have um the race six I'll send you swag on Twitter and I just think social media is a huge part in that and I know a lot of tracks don't do it as much and I see a lot of tracks um incorporating social media and I think that's what it needs to do I think social media is a huge aspect of it to get people to come in and it is it is the telev- television of our generation. Jessica, listen, I really appreciate you joining us. Keep fighting the good fight at uh, in Michigan. And uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. You guys are going to pull through. I have no no doubt about it. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jessica. That was Jessica Ott, Michigan's very own. She's doing the Facebook Live thing, which has really caught fire. But I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, like I say, I was in Michigan for a long time. You had a chance to call a couple of nights at Hazel Park. You saw the crowds uh, that the Michigan racing product, both Harness and Thoroughbred, have the ability to draw. And, uh, you know, as long as you've got that interested fan base, Mike, I think that there's hope. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, Mike, I got to tell you, I called a couple of thoroughbred cards there. And you would have thought California Chrome, the year he won the uh, Derby and Preakness, uh, is the year I went. You would have thought he was the one turning for home when they came charging down the stretch. I mean, the roar of the crowd was unreal. And so uh, I've got yet to get to Northfield Downs, but um, you know what? Who knows? Maybe I'll get out there soon. Yeah, actually, I've never called a race at Northville Downs. I was there for 10 years, and I never have once called a race at Northville Downs, but uh, who knows, maybe one day. We've got plenty more to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, including the voice of Keeneland, Kurt Becker. And before everybody goes haywire and say, hey, you're a harness show, 
We're going to talk some harness racing with Kurt Becker, as well as some derby. So you've got post time with Mike and Mike, and we'll be back right after this. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. Interested in learning more about racing under saddle? Now's your opportunity to attend a Racing Under Saddle seminar May 15th at Windback Farms in Maryland. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., the fee is $10 and lunch is provided. Come learn more about the Standard Bread Sport from active participants. It is an opportunity for people who are interested in racing under saddle to learn more about techniques and training. There will be demonstrations and riders will discuss the sport with seminar participants. If you have a standard brand that you plan to use for racing under saddle, you are welcome to bring the horse to the seminar. It is required to bring a riding helmet and safety vest. More details will be given upon RSVP. Please RSVP by May 6th. Email Clarissa Coughlin at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Once again, email Clarissa at clarissacoughlin at gmail.com. Directions to the farm will be provided upon receipt of RSVP. This Racing Under Saddles seminar is sponsored by Windback Farms and Friends of Maryland Standardbreds. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Well, we certainly appreciate Friends of Maryland Standard Bread sponsoring this program here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, there's a paint night coming up, Mike. That's right. A paint night sponsored by Friends of Maryland Standard Bread, Skinner Racing, Brian Malone Racing Stables, and some others. You can join them for a paint night fundraiser party at Waterman's Seafood Company. It's uh, June 13th at 5 p.m. You can register now. The website is paintnight.com. Just go to paintnight.com or put it in the Google search or call Carrie. That might even be better yet. Give Carrie a call at 410-202-6231. Once again, they're going to get together at Waterman's Seafood Company, June 13th at 5. And then right after that, you can head over to Ocean Downs for all the live racing. And we also want uh, you guys to visit our good friends at the Harness Horse Youth Foundation on their website, www.hhyf.org. Once again, that's Paint Night, Waterman Seafood Company, Monday, June 13th. Register now at paintnight.com slash events or call Kerry at area code 410-202-6231. One, Mr. Carter. Did I throw you for a loop, Mike? Are you are you on the tweet deck? <laughs> yeah, I was on the tweet deck. Going I knew you were on the tweet deck. I wanted to see if you, I wanted to see if you were still awake. That's why I threw it back at you. Yeah, right. Well, coming up, Mike is uh, our good friend and uh, the voice of Keeneland, Mr. Kurt Becker. Kurt, thanks for taking time out of your uh, busy Derby Week schedule uh, for joining us here today. Hey, guys, good to be with you. Happy Derby Week to you. 
Yeah, certainly happy Derby Week. It's a fantastic weekend. And not only be a a Harness fan, but a Thoroughbred fan, certainly, because of that big race uh, in Louisville. And we are going to ask you to break that down for us, but not quite yet, because you do have some Harness racing roots as an announcer. And, of course, your father was uh, one of my favorite announcers. You're one of my favorite announcers, actually. So both father and son are uh, two of my favorite announcers in this business. But, Kurt, tell us about your early days in uh, in racing and uh, with your father growing up is uh, him being an announcer. I grew up in central Illinois, and my dad was the, was the race announcer for a lot of Midwest county fairs and state fairs, and he would call both the thoroughbred races and the standard bred races, but, uh, but he was very actively involved in, and still is as a breeder of standard breds in, in Illinois. So what would happen, he would often end up double booked with more than one fare for a, a given day of racing. And when I turned 16 and got my driver's license, uh, he was in one of those predicaments. He could not find a substitute. He had to go south. He needed someone to go north to a county fair. And uh, I finally spoke up, and I said, if you can't find anybody, I said, I think I'd like to give it a try. And it came as a surprise to him. He was not aware that I – was interested in, in calling races. So uh, he, he said, fine. I, he tepidly gave me the nod. I think he was concerned just because he didn't know what my level of readiness was, but I, I lucked out. Uh, the, the Coles County Fair in Charleston, Illinois, was where I called my first race. Uh, they had, I think, uh, four horses in the first race that day, and uh, that helped with the butterflies. It helped me settle into a rhythm. And incidentally, guys, the Coles County Fair happens to be the fair where the late great Hall of Fame horseman Frank Irvin made uh, his first and last drives of his illustrious career. So I, you know, I I can I can barely remember. I was nine years old when Frank came back to Charleston, Illinois, to to close his career. That was in 1978. And he went out a winner. He won with a two-year-old trotter named Ima Magoo. And I've always enjoyed being able to say that uh, uh, Frank and I both started our career at the same fair. Wow, Kurt. You've got, you've got an illustrious uh, calling background. You know, of course, you did some harness. You did some thoroughbred. But more interestingly enough, you do uh, a little bit of NASCAR as well. How did you, uh, how did you get wrapped up there? NASCAR was something that always appealed to me from the time I was a kid. Uh, my family was not involved in motorsports at all. In fact, my my mom and dad uh, were stunned when I developed the interest in motorsports. It, it probably came from the influence of a uh, uh, a cousin to my dad, who was an automotive science instructor at a junior college in Illinois, and. This fellow was a bachelor for the longest time. He didn't marry till late in life. And I remember he came to our house for lunch on a Sunday, and it was in February, and he said, could we turn on the TV? I would like to see who's leading the Daytona 500. And as soon as they turned the TV on, something about it just took with me, I suppose, the, the brightly colored cars and the sounds of the racing engines coming over the speaker on the TV – it's the kind of thing that would catch a kid's attention, and uh, I started writing letters to Motor Racing Network, NASCAR's uh, radio 
wing, if you will. And uh, started when I was 16. As soon as I began doing county fair harness and thoroughbred races, I began writing to NASCAR and saying, what are the chances I could get a job doing play-by-play? And the, the, the executive producer at the time, John McMullen, said, you know, you need to finish your education, but stay in touch. And I, I will forever owe a huge debt to the Illinois County State Fair Circuit because really that, that was a great opportunity for me to get experience with public speaking, with race announcing. And eventually, once I started adding paramutual racetracks to the resume, Motor Racing Network gave me an audition. And uh, one, one thing that the, that the executive producer said, he said, that, I remember him telling me that anyone who does play-by-play for hockey or for any type of horse racing, quarter horse, standard bred, thoroughbred, that was something that would always catch his eye because of the nature of the action and how quickly it moves. And, and he always believed that, that announcers from those backgrounds could transition into doing motorsports. Well, let me ask you the obvious question, Kurt. Now, you've done harness, you do thoroughbreds, and you do NASCAR. Well, I guess it'd have to be a lot different than preparing for a thoroughbred race or a harness race. Am I right? It really is. Uh, so, so much of preparing for uh, race announcing is handicapping a race, getting familiar uh, with the silks or the colors of the, the jockeys or the drivers. And that was a big challenge for me going to motorsports. When you're, when you're doing play-by-play for the course of a, a two- to three-hour broadcast, a much more different situation for one thing you've got a lot more leeway to be descriptive uh, with horse racing um, you know harness race two minutes and it's over uh, a thoroughbred race you might have a, a sprint race that, that that's you know 60 70 seconds and, and you're you're finished so you don't have a lot of time to be as descriptive perhaps as you would like in those circumstances but you you go to a motorsports event and uh, they they put a headset on you and say you're part of a, an eight- or nine-man crew that's going to be doing play-by-play and also giving background on storylines as the race unfolds. It absolutely is a, it's certainly a different form of preparation and a different style of delivery. Yeah, so you're basically doing a lot of your own color commentary. You're talking about some backstories as opposed to the race where you're really sticking to the action while it's going on. But uh, now you're at Keeneland Racetrack, one of the world's greatest race courses. I've never been there, but I frequently hear that it is the nicest race course in all of America, bar none. How did you get involved in that, uh, Kurt? Well, when, when Keeneland decided to install a public address system, and, and for those that are, are not familiar with the, the background, Keeneland existed for its first 60 years without a public address system. And they, they had always said that they wanted racing as it was meant to be. And in the mind of the founders of Keeneland, racing was not meant to have a track announcer. It was their their belief that when racing originated uh, back in, in uh, Europe hundreds of years ago, obviously there were no public address systems, and they did not want one either. Well, that changed by the mid-'90s once we got into the era of simulcasting and sending signals to, off, to off-track locations. So they, the board finally decided it was time to install a public address system. And 
I, from, from what I can tell, and Keeneland never really told me directly how this all came about, but I had actually gotten out of paramutual race announcing for a, a couple of years right before this. I had I had called races in Chicago on the thoroughbred circuit, and and also did the the harness meet at Hawthorne back at that time, and I had left Chicago because uh, of a couple of reasons, but uh, some of which were professional, some of which were personal, nothing of which had to do with my relationship with the tracks. They were tremendous toward me, and, and the people were wonderful to me. It was a tough decision to leave, but what ended up happening, since I had gotten out of horse racing and was doing motorsports, Keeneland had decided that if they were going to put in a PA, they did not want a voice that was already tied to the identity of another racetrack. So this was such a big step for them. They decided if, if we're going to do this, we want a voice that we can call our own. And, and that's really, from what I have been able to put together over the years, that is what worked, ironically enough, to my advantage. The fact I was not active in thoroughbred racing at that time was why they decided to go ahead and uh, uh, and reach out and, and gauge my level of interest. And it, and it was, you know, I, I guys, I, I can tell you that I, I've said this a hundred times. I hope I hope I never have to be tested on this point. But I have often said it's such a privilege to call at Keeneland. I've been there 20 years now. If Keeneland calls me tomorrow and says you're fired, you're done, you're never coming back, I would have to say. Thank you to Keeneland for 20 years because it has been such an honor just to be part of their staff, and it's a great environment to call races in. Well, Kurt, I've been to visit you at Keeneland, and I uh, I got to say I love the view uh, from the announcer's booth there. Well, Kurt, let's uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, you got to call American Pharaoh during the Breeders' Cup Classic last year, but we're ready to kick off another Derby season. Uh, let's let's take a look at the Kentucky Derby a little bit this year. Uh, there's a great field of 20 horses. Uh, who do you like? Who don't you like? And uh, who who kind of sticks out as maybe a uh, long shot pick in your eyes? Well, it seems like it's it's really tough to to criticize the favorite Nyquist. He's not he's not a flashy horse. He's not the kind of a horse that will overwhelm you when he when he works out in the morning. Uh, he, in fact, a lot of folks that have watched him as he has gone through his final paces have walked away saying, "Boy, I don't know. He he just didn't really wow me." But that's just how he is. And, and yet, when it comes race day. He's one of those horses that loves a fight. He loves it when another horse challenges him, looks him in the eye. He's kind of like Silver Charm was many years ago in that regard. So it, it's tough. I hate to go chalk. I, I'm finding it tough to go against it. Now, with that said, with that said, there are, in a field of 20 horses, anything can happen, and there are several other horses worth taking a look at. To, to answer your question directly about a long shot play, it seems like the name that comes up the most is Mo Tom, who breaks from post four. He's, he's 20 to one on the morning line. And this is a horse who had a lot of traffic trouble in his prep races. He just, he has just absolutely suffered from horrendously bad luck. He got shut off in the stretch each of his last two preps at uh, fairgrounds down in new Orleans. So there are folks who believe 
that with a clean trip, he could be he could be a threat at a price. A couple of other horses that uh, uh, should be a factor, could be a factor, possibly at double-digit odds, Creator, who won the Arkansas Derby, uh, Gunrunner, who won the Louisiana Derby, Destin, Destin, who won the Tampa Bay Derby for Todd Fletcher. Folks have forgotten about him. You know, he's been on the shelf ever since that win, so he comes in with eight weeks of layoff time, and he's 15 to 1 on the morning line. If you can stomach an eight-week layoff, if that does not trouble you as a handicapper, Destin drew a very good post position. He drew post nine. He breaks right toward the center of the pack. That should give him good room to maneuver heading into the first turn. He's one that a lot of people are starting to talk about ever since the draw came out. Guys, the, 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 the one that may trouble people, there are folks who – the only horse at the draw that really evoked – a negative reaction because of where he drew is Brody's cause, who won the Toyota Bluegrass at Keeneland a few weeks ago. He drew post-19, so he is stuck way on the outside. He's going to have all kinds of traffic to his inside. There does not look to be a lot of pace in this race, which means that field will likely be very bunched up. There's just not going to be much room for him to save ground the way it looks on paper. With that said, for those who are fans of Brody's cause but who are troubled by the post position, I will simply say that I've heard a number of folks this week say that he looks fantastic in the morning. It seems like of all the horses that are headed for the Derby on Saturday, the one that I hear consistently looks good, gets over the racetrack well, physically fit, seems to be feeling good, I keep hearing that Brody's cause looks the part. Whether he can overcome the 19 post, that's the part that remains to be determined. So if you're going to pin me down, if you had to pin me down right now and say, all right, give me your top four, my top four in order, I'm going to go with Nyquist on top. I'm picking Brody's cause second, Gunrunner third, and Creator fourth. All right. Well, listen, that sounds fantastic to me. I'll empty my ATM, and uh, I'm going to go a $20 straight <laughs> super, and, Kurt, we'll see what happens. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Kurt, listen, we really appreciate you joining us. You're absolutely one of my favorite announcers. Your father was amazing. Uh, great, great announcers, and we certainly look forward to your calls each and every year at Keeneland, and we certainly appreciate you joining us on this day here. Guys, Thank you, and I I love the chance to reconnect with my harness roots. It's been fun tonight to talk about all of the bases that we've covered. And and, can you guys keep up the good work? Appreciate what you all do to promote the sport. All right. Thank you very much, Kurt. Enjoy the derby, my friend. All right, guys. You have a good night. Banker, the voice of uh, Keeneland Racecourse. Also, uh, he's been known to call a harness race or two in his day, and, of course, his father, a legendary a uh, caller down in uh, Springfield and Decoin. And I bet you the next guy that we have on this program, Mr. Tom Kelly, can tell us uh, a little bit about Carl Becker and uh, Kurt Becker uh, calling in the uh, Illinois and Chicago area, Mike. But, no, certainly a fantastic uh, privilege to have a guy like Kurt Becker. And I think he broke down the derby for us. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go back on the archive, Mike, and listen to that very intently and uh, make some notes uh, for my derby picks come Saturday. 
you know where else you can listen to that archive? On BetAmerica.com. Uh, BetAmerica.com is going to feature our uh, show each and every week you know, on the Barn Radio Network. And I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of the things he said. He made a lot of great points uh, regarding the Kentucky Derby. So uh, it, it's going to be fun to uh, it's going to be fun to go back and listen to what he had to say. Well, certainly, absolutely better than that program that I sent you that didn't have any past performances. I just <laughs> you probably right. thought you were looking at a maiden race. You're like, what the heck is this? How am I going to handicap this? It's only got the names. But uh, listen, we've got plenty to more, uh, plenty more to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, brought to you uh, by Bet America. We've got uh, the director of harness operations at Hawthorne Racecourse. They're getting ready to go again. His name is Tom Kelly, and he'll talk about the Hawthorne meet and more when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The- The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program embroidery unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery screen printing and promotional products our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none we focus on quality and customer service For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. All right, we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by the one, the only, Director of Harness Operations at Hawthorne Racecourse, Tom Kelly. Tom, we're getting ready to start again. It seems like we just had this conversation a few months back. Yes, hello, gents. Uh, hope all is uh, well tonight. And after a short hiatus, we are back to uh, standard bread racing at Hawthorne Racecourse. And uh, looking forward to it as uh all the festivities kick off this Friday. Yeah, certainly. It was a fantastic time. Of course, I had a chance to fill in for Pete Galassi in the winter and had just a, a fantastic time with you guys. Uh, opened up uh, in January and went uh, to the early part of February. First of all, before we talk about the upcoming meet, Tom, let's revisit the winter meet for a little bit. How are your thoughts on the uh, initial month of racing, uh, harness racing at Hawthorne Racecourse, and uh, how are the numbers, and uh, was everybody happy? Yes, uh, everybody was very, very happy, and uh, the numbers far exceeded uh, what we thought we were going to be able to do. We had uh, great support from uh, horsemen throughout the country with sending horses from the East Coast, uh, the Allards, uh, also the Burke Stable had sent a couple, and then just our Illinois horsemen continued to uh, support the product by by filling the box, uh, People really did a good job of getting all their horses raced, and uh, I know it was tough uh, for some of the uh, Illinois and the local folks because they were going to have that downtime once that meet ended, but uh, 
we we offered some pretty nice purses here and allowed uh, gave those folks a chance to uh, to make a pretty good amount of money. Hopefully that was uh, enough to tide them over, and they're coming back hungry and ready to rock and roll here on Friday night. Yeah, and of course one of the big things in I remember in the winter time when I first went over there was the track conversion. Now, certainly Hawthorne was no uh, strangers to track conversion. I mean, this was something that they've had years of experience with back in the days when Hawthorne used to race the doubleheaders and the, the thoroughbred meet used to end at the end of the, the winter, and, and Hawthorne used to race in the beginning of January. But it's been a while, and the track conversion thing was one of the things that was certainly a big topic. Uh, take two, track conversion, the thoroughbred meet just ended. Uh, harness racing meets back on. How'd the track conversion go uh, take two? Absolutely, uh, as smoothly as could possibly be. Greg Cardenas and uh, Tim Becker, the rest of the crew uh, involved with uh, everything they do on the backside there. Uh, just an absolutely wonderful job. And th- this time they didn't have to deal with uh, trying to pull out uh, frozen pieces of the rail that were in there in order to put the pylons in for the harness racing. This time they wound up dealing with probably about uh, an inch and a half of rain from the time the uh, the final thoroughbred card ended all throughout that Saturday night and uh, Sunday, and it didn't slow them down or stop them one bit. Uh, everything came out uh, nicely. The track was scraped. Uh, it was as fast as could be yesterday for qualifiers. Uh, I know working them as the association steward, Yesterday, I thought, well, we're going to have to allow time, and and I'll put up good as the uh, track surface uh, condition. Uh, They were fast. It was the track was fast. Everything was great. Uh, No complaints at all from the horsemen. Everybody said uh, there was sure footing uh, all the way around, and uh, we're looking forward to just uh, getting off of the bang and hopefully a little bit of warmer weather approaching without some rain. Now, Tom, coming up in uh, the spring slash summer meet, uh, what can fans uh, expect? Is there anything new coming to Hawthorne uh, with this new meet? Well, the the, the Illinois stake season uh, is going to be done uh, quite a bit differently than in years past. Uh, going to be almost like uh, a situation like in Indiana, where the horses accumulate points throughout the year. Our night of champions will be uh, September 10th. And the way horses will, instead of just a qualifying race, uh, or I should say an elimination race the week prior to that, uh, it's going to uh, be done throughout the summer. So horses will accumulate points in four legs leading up to that point. The top four, or I should say the top ten point earners will end up in the finals, uh, all going postward on uh, September 10th. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful night. Uh, my dream come true, Mike, you know, I've, I've talked to you about this many times, an entire card of just championship races that night on September 10th. No consolation races, nothing else, just championships. We've also added a championship for the older trotters, which we haven't had in the past, and uh, so looking forward to it uh, I know there's not quite as many uh, of the smaller stakes as uh, as we used to see here in Illinois, like the five thousand dollar you know small. They were named after the OTBs and 
named after different things like that. So we're not going to see those on the uh, on the card as much. But uh, everything is going to be that much more important when they do go in these preliminary legs because horses will be trying to earn those points in order to get into the big finals, which will all go for six figures. Visiting live with Tom Kelly, the director of Harness Operations at uh, Hawthorne Racecourse. Tom, one of the big questions, I think, coming into the spring-summer meet was the horse supply. And judging by the entries, it does not look like that's going to be an issue. No, uh, very, very happy with uh, what we've seen here for the opening weekend. Over uh, 270 dropped into the box for the first weekend. Uh, had some concerns uh, about that because uh, they were trying to stage qualifiers in Springfield leading up to this. And uh, Mike Brink down there in Springfield did a wonderful job at the state fairgrounds of uh, trying to get all these horses qualified. The weather didn't cooperate a lot of times, but uh, we've got a lot of horses qualified. We had over 70, I believe it was like 75 yesterday, and probably, oh, I would say 65 of those uh, made it on qualifying time, and we've still got some more qualifiers to go. We're, uh, we've added a special qualifying day here on Saturday at 4.30 Central Time before our uh, regularly scheduled card, so we make sure everybody's eligible, qualified, and, uh, and ready, to re- ready to go. I think we'll be fine. And uh, the series that uh, our racing secretary, Pete Hanley, wrote uh, at, the end of, uh, last, uh, at the end of the winter meet and put them out there for people. He wrote 20 different series. And in all reality, we, we really figured maybe eight would fill, six, eight would fill to – we're going to have probably 12 to 15 of these series filling. So that's going to, to help us out immensely and, and start us off with a bang. So those first three weeks of the meet, uh, you're going you know, to have all these horses continuing to come right back week after week for these series. And they're going to be going for some very good money. And there's some upper-end series that have attracted some really nice horses here. Yeah, it's good to see Chicago racing back, and uh, Hawthorne Racecourse is going to be a staple, of course. It's always good here on the Eastern time because you guys are always one hour behind us, so when everything else is done, you guys still have three, four, or five races left, and, uh, you know, it's fantastic to wager, and it's good to see some full fields out there. How's my good friend Pete Galassi, the track announcer there, a staple in Chicago racing for a long, long time, was battling health issues uh, back in the early part of January. How's he feeling? Uh, he's Pete's doing well. He's uh, doing very well. Looking forward to, uh, as as he said, just harness racing again in the summer, which is you know basically the way he remembers it and the way we all remember it for for so long in the summer with the windows open and uh, the barbecue going down on the apron and the smells just wafting up through the air and the, the bands going and. Hawthorne's going to be doing uh, all sorts of promotions down on the apron, craft beer festivals and, and things like that. So he's really looking forward to it, so much so he was out there calling the qualifiers, getting himself all tuned up just like the horses uh, on Wednesday. No, that's fantastic. I'll tell you what, that's one guy that don't need to do it because he came back after that layoff, and he, he certainly didn't, didn't miss a beat there the last couple of days of January, first part of February. He was fantastic. Certainly one of the staples of uh, harness racing and thoroughbred racing in the state of Illinois. Well, Tom, well, listen, we really appreciate you joining us. And one final thing before we let you go, condolences 
uh, out to you guys uh, for the loss of uh, Janine Starkowitz. I mean, you know, we sat up there in the press box with Janine and, and talked to her. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, it was certainly a shock uh, for us. And uh, Janine, of course, for those of you that don't know, Janine was the moderator at a, a popular forum, uh, barntowire.com. Yeah, just a, I mean, a wonderful woman, and basically, uh, uh, just by herself, without ever being asked, uh, just basically every track's assistant publicity director. Uh, on all the big nights, she would be there. She'd be helping everybody out, uh, running uh, quotes back and forth from uh, person to person, making sure everyone had them, proofreading your things for you. I mean, she was, she was just a wonderful person, and uh, she will be missed. Yeah, no question about it. Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, keep Mr. Ron Ushman in line for me, will you? Well, uh, you know, sometimes it's going to take even a better man than me to to do that, but I will certainly give it a try, and uh, I'll keep my eye on him for you, Mikey. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, that was Tom Kelly. He is the director of harness operations at Hawthorne Racecourse. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, we had such a great time over at Hawthorne uh, filling in for Pete Galassi. It's like kind of like a family uh, type affair over there. And, uh, you know, they've done such a fantastic job. And one of the things, Mike, that I was really, really enamored by was the track conversion, watching the track conversion and the track crew. And these guys used to work day and night. And when I'm telling you day and night, I was, you know, staying right there on the backside at Hawthorne, and these guys would wake me up 3, 4 in the morning with the tractors, Mike. They really worked on that track. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it takes a lot of work to convert the track over. The fact that they could do it so quickly is uh, just impressive. Yeah, it certainly is. And, uh, well, it's something they've been uh, known for doing. And there's a video out there, and I think it's still surfacing on social media. It's probably on the HawthorneRacecourse.com uh, website if you get a chance to check it out. You remember that video, Mike, they did a couple of months ago about We Are Hawthorne and they had the drones oh, flying yeah. and, and why they did that? It was uh, perhaps one of the best produced pieces that I have ever seen regarding this sport. And if you haven't had a chance to catch it, please do so. Maybe uh, the next half hour or so after we get off the air, uh, we can share that. But, uh, Mike, there's Grand Circuit action all over the place. We're going to take a look at it. We have one final timeout to take. And when we come back, we'll take a look at all the Grand Circuit action. Plus, Mike, we're going to draw the lucky winner for the Bet America Handicapping Contest. It's a $10,000 guarantee harness handicapping contest that will happen on Saturday night. And you're going to going to get a free entry. It's a hundred and nine dollar value, and we're going to draw that lucky name when we come back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Straw, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. Bet America covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. 
at the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by our good friends at Bet America. And uh, we have got a – well, we still got a little ways to go because we have all the Grand Circuit or at least most of the Grand Circuit uh, action to look forward to uh, coming up. It's a big weekend of harness racing this weekend, including the big matchup uh, north of the border where the United States Harness Horse of the Year, Wiggle It, Jiggle It, will tangle with the Canadian Horse of the Year, uh, State Treasurer, and that is coming up uh, on Saturday at Mohawk. Of course, Wiggle It, Jiggle It's preparing uh, for the big race, uh, the Confederation Cup, which, by the way, they did not need any eliminations. So I guess Mikey chased them all out of there, but they do have a final next week. And uh, of course we'll be following all that action, but uh, Mike, are you locked and ready to go on uh, Periscope or do I have to buy some more time? No, I'm ready to go. Um, And I'm Mike, before we go further with our draw, I'm wearing our official post time with Mike and Mike hat. Uh, I got the, some of our gear that Mike sent me uh, last week. And uh, Mike, I tell you, we're going to make sure that, um, when when Jessica Otten has her Facebook live stuff, we're going to get her a hat later on, but uh, we're excited to have some of our hats and shirts and things that will be given away. But right now we're going to give away a $109 seat to the Bet America Hardest contest coming up this Saturday at $10,000 guaranteed, Mike, 109 bucks for 10 grand. I, uh, I, I like those odds. Oh, I certainly do too. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to let you stir those up a little bit. You're on Periscope. And if you're watching us on Periscope, or if you're watching Mike Carter on Periscope, uh, that fine gear is, uh, was, uh, crafted by our good friends at embroidery unlimited. So make sure you visit them. Jim Winsky and the, the gang do a fantastic job over there. It's embroidery, com, And, uh, anything like you need, if you need hats, you need shirts, you need towels, anything like that, give Jim Winsky a call, visit them on the internet, embroidery, com. They do fantastic work. Well, Mike, uh, I don't have the Periscope on. I'm not watching, but I am listening. It sounds like you're stirring them things up pretty good. So uh, oh, yeah. without further ado, I'll let you uh, I'll let you go ahead and uh, take care of the proceedings. All right. We're going to put the bowl in front of the camera, as we always do. One fell out, so we'll put it back in. And the winner is Derek Gibner from Daily Racing 4. Derek Gibner is the $109 seat winner. Well, congratulations to the Big D, and hopefully he can make a dent. Uh, it's at BetAmerica.com. The contest is Saturday night, and, and just because you didn't uh, get selected doesn't mean you can't enter. It's $109 to get in. It's Saturday night, but here's the thing, Mike. There's a couple of different things. Now, you might say $109, but listen to this, okay? First of all, it's a $10,000 guarantee. 
Second of all, it's limited to 100 entrants. And I believe the top 10% pay. If you go on betamerica.com and check it out, uh, you'll get more information. But it's a fantastic, fantastic deal. Uh, just the fact that it's a $10,000 guarantee and limited to 100 entrants. So, I mean, if you're a poker player like myself, that's an outstanding deal. And you'd be there in two seconds to pay the $109 entry. But uh, – Check it out, definitely, and you've got uh, another day and a half to end. Congratulations to Derek. Derek won our free entry here tonight. Yeah, uh, congratulations to Derek. Uh, Derek, send us an email. Uh, I know you're listening uh, probably uh, on the way home from work or something, but uh, send us an email with your email address, and we'll get you uh, set up with betamerica.com for the contest. Well, Mike, we've got a lot of great uh, racing action coming up. I'm going to shut off Periscope, so goodbye to everyone who's uh, still watching. And, uh, Mike, we got a lot of great racing action, including the 142nd run for the Roses this weekend. Uh, just so much uh, stakes action and so much Grand Circuit action. I'm not even sure where to begin. Well, let's do our Derby thing first. I was actually going to tell you that, too. I'm not so sure where to begin, but uh, we've got a little time. Mike Carter set the show up for two hours, so I don't think we're going to get forced off the air. But... <laughs> Listen, you want to do our derby thing, and I'll tell you, that's a great idea that you had, Mike, uh, when you were back at Buffalo uh, as far as the whole derby thing, uh, especially for uh, first-time punters, so to speak. So uh, why don't you give us uh, the thing you came up with, and uh, we'll go from there as far as the derby goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what we used at Buffalo was a five-horse exacta box for a $1 base. It cost you $20. And, Mike, it, it was great for the new player because we had a lot of people who wanted to come in and they wanted to play five horses to show or five horses to place or even some wanted to play five horses to win. And I said, well, wait a minute. If you're going to do that, why not spend the extra 10 bucks and play a five-horse exacta box? So uh, it, it definitely, uh, it, it definitely uh, is going to be interesting. And yeah, it's a good bet, in my opinion. Well, certainly it is, because here's the thing. You're getting great value with the Kentucky Derby. You've got 20 horses in that particular race. And uh, listen, even if you're going to get A-B, you're probably guaranteed 50 or 60 bucks for a $2 wager. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, do my five horses. And I will tell you, the horse that will not be involved in this uh, five-horse uh, parlay or five-horse exacta box for a dollar, cost 20, is Nyquist. So... With that being said, here are my five. I'm going 5, 6, 11, 12, 19. Five, Gunrunner, I think could be in a good spot. He's a good stalker. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Louisiana Derby winner, I think, has got a good chance. He looked very, very good in that particular race, so I'm throwing him in there. I'm throwing my man Sam in there. Came out of the clouds in the bluegrass, raced very, very well, closing late. Uh, does need a trip from post six. Obviously has to negotiate traffic, but I guess everybody does, Mike, right? 11, Exaggerator. Right. Mike, this was a great effort in that Santa Anita Derby. This is probably... I think uh, a horse that is going to be keyed upon. And I will absolutely guarantee you that there is no possible way this horse will go off over the eight to one morning line. I'm probably thinking this horse is probably a five to one shot after that effort. A horse that I like, this is Dave Weaver's horse, Mike. You know Dave, our good friend from TVG. Oh, he yeah. likes Tom's Ready. And here's my thoughts on him. Finish second to Gunrunner in the Louisiana Derby. Okay, so if you like Gunrunner and you're just, you know, looking for some value and you're going to play a, 
a, a multi-race exacta bikes like this, then why not put the horse that ran second to him last time? And that was Tom's ready. He's starting from post 12, not too bad of a starting spot on the Kentucky Derby. And I'm going to go with the horse that Kurt Becker is very high on number 19 Brody's cause. Of course, obviously he has to overcome 19, but he is a huge closer and uh, looked very, very good in the, in the, uh, the bluegrass and Kurt Becker says he's looking fantastic in the morning. That's good enough for me. So my five-horse box, 5, 6, 11, 12, 19. Mike Carter, go. Well, I actually I went a couple of different ways in here. And uh got four horses. I'm looking at a fifth one, and I think I know who I'm going to pick here. And that is the four Mo Tom. I went with the three um, – to the inside, the three creator. I liked creator's race in the Arkansas Derby. I wasn't a big fan of his rebel stakes, but he closed off from off the pace in the Arkansas Derby and looked really sharp. Uh, he, but everything went his way. There, there's just no question that uh, creator got the absolute perfect trip. And, and this race, it's not easy to get a perfect trip at the Kentucky Derby. There's 20 horses and uh, it's almost impossible, but if creator can work out some sort of trip, I got to think that Richard Santana or excuse me, Ricardo Santana jr. Will have a shot. I like the four Mo Tom. I threw Gunrunner in there as well. Gunrunner winner of the last two, including the Louisiana Derby and the Risen Star Stakes. I've been to the Louisiana Derby uh, once before, and it was a lot of fun. I also threw the 11 uh, Exaggerator in. I do. I am a big time Exaggerator fan. After the Santa Anita Derby, won that convincingly for Ryder Kentisormo, and it will be would be very nice to see Kentisormo back in the winner's circle. And Mike, I can only hope for eight to one. And of course, I threw in the favorite Nyquist, who has uh, won a ton of races in his career. In fact, he's won so many he's undefeated. He's seven for seven coming into this race. Uh, Try to become one of the uh, few over the past few years, including Smarty Jones, Big Brown, to name a few, uh, to come in and win the Kentucky Derby off an unbeaten streak. So it'll definitely be interesting. So I went 3, 4, 5, 11, and 13. All right, 3, 4, 5, 11, and 13 for Mr. Carter. Mike Bozich has got 5, 6, 11, 12, 19. So between those horses, you can throw them all out and go from there. There you go. <laughs> no, listen, it's a it's a fantastic race. Uh, you know, obviously it's 20 horses, so you're going to need some luck to win. So my advice is, uh, and I think it's held true pretty much every derby year, don't be afraid to throw long shots in there, Mike. I mean, put a couple long shots in there. I mean, a couple of horses that don't even figure because you never know in a 20-horse field in a race that long how the trip is going to uh, to pan out, my friend. Yeah, definitely. And you can bet the 142nd run for the roses at betamerica.com. They've got some uh, great things going on over there and you can bet the Kentucky Derby and all the racing at Churchill Downs uh, coming up this weekend at betamerica.com. Well, Mike, let's take a look at uh, Mohawk this uh, weekend. We're going to go switch gears back to a little bit of harness racing and we're going to switch to the preferred race at Mohawk. It's future state treasurer versus wiggle it, jiggle it. And, Mike, this is a matchup that I know our uh, good friend Russ Adams has been waiting for because he's a huge state treasurer fan. I know I'm super excited to see this, uh, to see this race take shape. 
Well, listen, you've got the 2015 States Horse of the Year versus the 2015 Canadian Horse of the Year going into 34K preferred. Now, obviously, Wiggle and Jiggle is looking ahead to next week, the Confederation Cup. We talked about that. There uh, isn't any eliminations for that race, so he's going to go right into the finals next week uh, on the 15th. But uh, obviously, I mean... How can you how can you handicap this race? I mean, this is once again one of those races where, as a fan of harness racing, I think you have to sit back and uh, just enjoy it. But I'm going to tell you something right now. This race is a little bit deeper than Wiggle the Jiggle versus State Treasure, and there's a horse that's starting from the pole position. As as a matter of fact, he is five to two morning line, and the horse's name is Nickel Bag. And I'll tell you, he's been. He's been uh, up there banging heads with a lot of these free-for-all horses week in and week out. He's uh, done a fantastic job. And, you know, I'll tell you, this is a horse that could certainly sneak up on you. I mean, you've got State Treasure only making, what, his second start of the year. And uh, Wiggle it, Jiggle it, starting from post outside, uh, from the outside post and, and uh, with the Confederation Cup next week. So Nickelback could uh, very easily uh, get a, a 49 mile here and, uh, and certainly be a factor, but nonetheless, it's going to be a great race to watch Mike. And I'm looking forward to seeing the big marquee matchup. Yeah, definitely. I think nickel bag has got a shot with Trevor Henry from the rail, but state treasurer who drew post four didn't, uh, have the best trip last week, came first over and just didn't advance like I would have expected him to, but he came home in 26 and four off a 150 mile, but was a full second slower than Nickelbag. I think Nickelbag could potentially give Wiggle It Jiggle a run for his money. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, we've got a lot going on Saturday. I mean, there's a lot of Grand Circuit action, Mike. You've got uh, Freehold Raceway. You've got the Ladies Suffolk and the Dexter Cup, uh, which we'll talk about in just a second. Miami Valley has got the Chip Noble Memorial and the Miami Valley Distaff. There's some good horses going in there. Are you going to kiss me or not? It's going to be at action. She was the blue chip matchmaker winner. You've got, uh, of course, we talked to uh, Jen Bongiorno about the Mac Lobel Elite Law Playoff at the Meadowlands that Sunday, and that starts in the very first race. Always be Mickey will be in action on that partic- in that particular race as well. But, Mike, I do want to talk a little bit of – about uh, Pocono coming up on Saturday. They've got three big races. The two big races, they've got the Miss Pennsylvania final. That's going for $313,000. It's for Pennsylvania bred uh, three-year-old fillies. Then you've got the Penn Classic for Pennsylvania bred three-year-old Colts and Geldings. That's going for $560,000. But on that card bike, there's an invitational. It's the Van Rose Memorial going for $50,000. And you've got Levy Levy winner Bill of a legend with Andrew McCarthy in the bike who drew outside uh, taking on rock-eyed optimist who just defeated always be Mickey last week at the Meadowlands. You've also got millionaires taking back Terry pH super cam luck be with you and uh, twice millionaire JK end of an era in that particular race as well. So that is going to be a fantastic event over at Pocono. Plus you've got the Miss Pennsylvania final and uh, the uh, Penn classic going for some pretty serious money. And that is uh, Saturday night at Pocono. And by the way, they're racing a double header that Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a long, long day at Pocono and uh, an exciting day, to say the least. I've taken a look at the Miss Pennsylvania, and you're looking at Darlin' on the Beach. Call Me Queen Bee is here. Our friend Pure Country is back, and Pure Country uh, finished third uh, in the elimination back on April 30th in 151, coming home in 27-3. and three. And, Mike, this is uh, one of your favorite horses from last year, isn't it? 
Well, how do you – you know, listen, she, t- she takes the defeat for the first time, so how do you uh, adjust to that? But I think she's going to be okay. But Darlin on the beach is red, red hot. I mean, her first two races of the year were just absolutely outstanding. And, of course, you've got some other depth in the field. And moving along in that Pennsylvania Classic, Burke seems to have the market cornered here because he's got big top Hanover, J.K. Willpower, and Check Six. Now, both J.K. Willpower and Check Six uh, made their 2016 debuts at Harris, Philadelphia the week before, and both of them won under wraps. And I thought that was a, a terrific, terrific statement. And then, of course, uh, they came ahead with the uh, – the uh, eliminations and look fantastic there. And they're right into the Penn classic. Uh, I think both of them horses are going to be heard from here in 2016. They're both very, very talented and it's going to be interesting to see what comes out on top. Big top panel has got some stakes experience as well. So you have to think the Burke, uh, the Burke uh, conglomerates got the uh, market cornered in that race going for $561,000, Mike. Oh my. You know, I got I got another horse that I kind of want to look at here, and it's a you, you wouldn't really this horse wouldn't normally jump off the page at you, but then you see the last name Jameson, and uh, Jody Jameson coming down to drive for his dad Carl Jameson, and the Catamount Kid with second just missing by a neck to J.K. Willpower last time out. I think six to one could potentially be a very big value play on the Catamount Kid who uh, is coming off a big effort in the Pennsylvania Classic Elimination and uh, didn't have the best of luck in the three starts before that. But I got to think the Catamount Kid could at least potentially hit the ticket. This horse got a real big late kick, Mike, and he certainly has an opportunity not only to hit the ticket, but I think he's got a chance to win. So uh, it's going to be a very entertaining race there going for over $500,000. Mike, if you want to move ahead to Freehold, they've got the Dexter Cup uh, finals. $140,000 is the purse. And you might think off the top of your head, uh, looking at it, that this race, uh, you know, May not be that deep, but it actually is. It's got some talent. It actually starts the road to the Hambletonian. It's four uh, three-year-old trotters and Dominion Beach uh, in Steed. If you look at this entry, they're both Hambletonian eligibles. Dominion Beach starting from post five, or excuse me, Dominion uh, and Dante. Dominion Beach starting from post five. Dante starting from post seven. Dante was a three hundred and fifty-five thousand dollar yearling, yearling purchase uh, back in uh, the twenty fourteen uh, select sale in Lexington, and uh, Dominion Beach is a Hamiltonian eligible. Steed is a Hamiltonian eligible. Cufflink Hanover, who uh, just had the big uh, write-up on him on USTA, is not a Hamiltonian eligible, but uh, was one of the winners of the eliminations. Was, uh, I believe, the first horse that is owned jointly by Nifty Norman and Dave Miller. Of course, Dave Miller drove a lot for Nifty Norman uh, and continues to do so, but I think this is their first partnership as far as zoning is concerned and uh cufflin canover certainly has a big chance he's eligible for a lot of stakes this year the matron the yonkers trot if my memory serves me correctly but uh, he's got a big shot in what should be a pretty entertaining uh dexter cup that usually produces a hamiltonian entrant mike yeah definitely last year uh played in the Hannah Handicapping Contest and selected Eric Abatello in this race from post seven. And Eric went down the road to win at 40 to one. That's not going to happen here. That's not going to happen here. Okay. So we know why you, we know why you like the Dexter cup then. That's right. I like the Dexter cup because I can get some show value. That's why. Show value, you better have a couple of bucks to win on that 40 to one shot, buddy. That was certainly a, a good pick, but uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a great card of free old coming up on uh, Saturday. We talked about the action at the uh, Miami Valley 
And uh, one final thing I want to bring up before we uh, start having some fun, Mike, and I think you know what I'm talking about, but uh, the Battle of Lake Erie eligibles, you've got 22. It was on the front page of the USTA website. Of course, all bets off amongst others. Uh, it should be a terrific Battle of Lake Erie coming up, Mike, at, uh, in your neck of the woods, Northfield Park. Yeah, the freaky one, Freaky Feed Pete is coming. Foiled again is scheduled to come as well. We're still waiting on a couple of more uh to commit, but it's going to be a great, great race. I'm very excited. I've never seen foiled again race in uh, his 12 years. So I am very excited to get to see him up close and personal for the very first time. Yeah, it should be uh, fantastic. Well, listen, we went through all the, we've got exciting harness racing action coming up this whole weekend. So do not get too far away from a simulcast facility or your computer or live racing. As a matter of fact, Mike, get off your rear and go to a live harness race because I'll tell you what, it's fantastic. And we've got some, some of the stars in the, in the business here in 2016 going at one another, all at the racetracks across the country. But uh, we talk about racetracks across the country. And what comes to mind is my good friend, our good friend, Gabe Pruitt. And, uh, Mike, this guy just never ceases to amaze me, the multi-talented Gabe Pruitt. As a matter of fact, Mike, would you go as far as to call him Mr. Versatility? I would. I would. Well, do you want to tell it? As a matter of fact, we're not going to say anything more. Why don't you just hit play, and we'll let the fans decide. Mike, go ahead. All right. Here we go. Rusty is rolling. Here comes Rusty. Here comes Rusty. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go, Mike. And they're off. Schmerdo is out quickly in the uh, sitter. NB's Jack the Ripper moves up alongside the Tascacita Phillips. In between arrivals there and rough at the first turn of AMF Lola as they straighten out of the uh, back stretch. It's 5-2-4. Uh, and up on the outside, that is the six, Syntex Phoenix. They move on to the far turn. MB's Jack the Ripper trying to go down the road. Atascacita Phillips trying to reel him in. These two have broken away. Schmurda is a third. They come for the finish. It's MB's Jack the Ripper. MB's Jack the Ripper wins it from Atascacita Phillips. Finishing a third, Syntex Phoenix. <laughs> Mike Carter, what say you? Well, you know, I tell you, Gabe has done the superfecta. Uh, for an announcer. Now, this this is big as far as I'm concerned. He's done thoroughbred, he's done quarter horse, he's done harness, and now he's done greyhound. And I'll tell you, he's been perfect just about at all of them. That was a heck of a race call, I got to tell you. Maybe we can get Gabe Pruitt on the show next week. That was a heck of a of a, uh, a dog racing call. By the way, for those of you that don't know, obviously, you're probably thinking, what the heck did I just hear? That was Gabe Pruitt. Tremendous announcer at Pompano Park, uh, did Gulfstream Park uh, in Pete Aiello's absence, and he called a race at uh, Palm Beach. It was Palm Beach, right, Mike? Yeah, it was at Palm Beach. It was Palm Beach Kennel Club down in Florida and did just a terrific job. Although, I do have to say one thing, Mike, listening to that race again. Did he say that there was a dog that was rough around that first turn? He didn't say yes, rough gated, did he? No, no, no. He said rough, and the dog was definitely rough because he forced him way wide. Yeah, yeah. He almost uh, toppled about four of them. That's the great thing about dog racing. And there's no inquiries in dog racing, by the way, either, Mike. So, you know, anything goes in, in, in the, especially the first turn of a dog race. Let me tell you, if you got a dog that runs out wide and uh, 
bottles up your field there. And if you've got a five or six or seven or eight, especially a dog like starting from post four and post five, if he runs a straight course and bears out in that turn and keeps speed with the outside dogs, forget about it. <laughs> You're just about done. Well, Mike, real quick, uh, I want to throw something in. Uh, Emily Gaskin just tweeted out a 14-year-old J.J. Gazette turned in a dominant performance to score his 59th career victory at 14 years old at odds of 16 to 1. Congratulations to uh, one of the classy uh, war horses that is competing in his final season of harness racing action. Uh-oh, do I sense a post time with Mike and Mike award uh, looming or a nomination yeah, anyway? Potentially, yeah. Uh, we uh, Post time with Mike and Mike awards are coming back in 2016. We'll have more information on how to get involved with those uh, later on in the year. Well, Mike, it has been a fantastic show. It's been a fan-filled show. We've had a lot of fun. And uh, I think it's about time for us to uh, wrap things up. Yeah, and I, I do, Mike. And, but I do have one more thing, uh, by the way, and this was on uh, the USDA website. It was under the announcement section, and I urge each and every one of you to uh, to check it out. Uh, there is fundraising underway for uh, Joe Hunter Fund, and uh, Joe Hunter Fund is uh, a name synonymous, especially in the mid-Atlantic seaboard here, this area, Maryland, Delaware, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, his granddaughter, uh, Layla Mosley, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, check this out, Mike, but uh, Layla Mosley, uh, five years old, uh, was diagnosed with uh, Ewing's sarcoma. I believe it's a form of cancer on uh, February 4th, and uh, she's a brave little girl. She's fighting her heart out, and um, if you'd like to donate, they've they've got several uh, donation things, but if you'd like to uh, donate for that, it's... uh, you want to go to youcaring.com. I, I do believe there is a GoFundMe, and uh, I think the combined uh, donations have just uh, surpassed twenty-five thousand uh, dollars. So uh, check it out. It's on the uh, the USTA, and um, it's for uh, it's for a very good cause. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, we we are a fundraising group here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, especially for situations like this. And uh, if you have the extra bucks we really really urge you to uh to try to help uh to try to help out these folks and uh un- to help them get past this uh unfortunate disease well mike uh we've had a great show uh it's been a lot of fun but you can you don't the fun doesn't stop here you can check us out on facebook you can check us out on twitter we're going to be on the america radio network beginning tomorrow uh this show will air tomorrow on there it'll be on there all week you can also catch our art on the Bet America Radio Network, and you can also bet all of the racing action this week with our friends at Bet America. Well, for Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. Thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for sticking around in overtime. We'll see you next week, first post of 7 o'clock. Good night.